I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Hort Week editor Matthew Appleby and today I'm with David Hedges-Gower of the Lawn Association. In March, David hit the headlines when he got into a no-mow row with Gardener's World presenter Monty Don, who told the Radio Times, cutting grass burns lots of fossil fuel, makes a filthy noise and is about the most injurious thing you can do to wildlife. Now, David hit back saying that Monty was wrong and lawn care is now greener than what the TV gardener thinks it is. So, David, are you and Monty mates now? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think we'll ever be mates. Um, somebody who, who's very passionate about lawns and somebody that doesn't like them very much at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that we'd have much to talk about in the pub, let's be fair. Uh, and I certainly don't think I'll be on his Christmas card list anytime soon either. Uh, I get I get very frustrated with um, when people that aren't particularly educated in lawn care uh, come out and do and probably do damage to a point. Um, you know, there'll be people that do listen to him that that thinks he knows more about lawn care than me. Um, so yes, he he, he has a, a, a detrimental effect on something that he doesn't particularly know about, and that that's frustrating. That that annoys me because I know that lawns uh, and grass is is the most uh, sustainable plant we have on this planet. You know, it covers twenty seven percent of our planet. So, you know, we need it. Um, we can look after it better. So yeah, I, I the first thing I would say to him is you know keep your mouth shut when it comes to lawns, and and carry on with your brilliant presenting. Your piece with Monty um, got massive publicity, but did he have any good points to make? I mean, what, what about the, the fossil fuel point or, or the wildlife one? Well, I mean, I, I think the, you know, that we've got no mo may, haven't we, going at the moment, which, um, you know, I, I absolutely support. I, I personally think no mo may is not good enough. I think we should have no may March to October. Uh, so when he talks about, you know, letting wilding, uh, rewilding happen within gardens, yes, if you've got a big enough garden, I think 
absolutely right. I mean, I, I have no concerns over that. Uh, the burning of fossil fuels is a very interesting one. I, I think by 2025, I, I got my doubts whether most of um, the retail industry will be even allowed to sell petrol mowers. So we're way, way ahead of that. Now, whether Monty knows that, I don't know. Um, we've obviously got robotic mowers already and have done for many years. In, in fact, I'm doing some trials with the National Trust at the moment, um, trying to look at some more sustainable ways. So I think to a point, yes, he's, he's, he's pointing out some of the issues which I think I have an, a, a disagreement with, um, and that's the use of herbicides, which will do far more damage um, you know, to, to our lawns than anything else. I'm not gonna mention any brand names, but we've all been sold that dream of a weed-free lawn. Well, I, I don't believe that that's a, a particularly good one and it's not a sustainable one. So yes, he's, he's got some very valid points. I just don't think he's educated enough. Do you think what he said has, has damaged the industry though has it, has it damaged sales of mowers or products or just the whole idea of having a nice lawn no i don't think it would to be perfectly honest um i remember somebody asking somebody i think it was a gardener's world or it may have been the rhs and uh you know i said well what do you find from lawn care itself you know what what interest do you have in it and they said well nobody ever asks us so you know people don't really listen to us either um, and I think that's true with with Monty to a point, you know, if you want to learn about lawn care, why would you go to to Monty Don? Um, he's a presenter and a brilliant one. Uh, he's not a lawn expert. Um, the, the way I look at myself as being a lawn consultant is somebody to educate and that's educate in what's going on at the core of lawn care and 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 that's the difference you know i i know exactly what's going on i know where the companies are and where they'll be in years to come um i'm always looking at better products more sustainable products and yeah monty's not doing that um so why would you go to him um we do because he's a tv celebrity it's interesting what you mentioned about the uh, petrol mowers not being around by, you know, 2025, maybe. Do you think robotic mowers will take over? I mean, is, is that actually going to be by law? It very much depends. I think it's like a lot of these things. If, if um, the public get behind it, I don't see any reason why not. I, I got to admit, I mean, I'm a big fan of robotic mowers. You know, the, the, one, the one thing that mowers do is prune grass. Um, we have two pruning techniques. That's one of them. And uh, we've still got probably a society that a hell of a lot of people look at lawn care and mowing lawns as a chore. And, you know, when you can send a mower out seven days a week and use no energy and no fossil fuel, it's got to be beneficial. So I, I wouldn't say it would be law, but I think the better they get, I, I, suppose, I suppose the one thing that we do want, um, and this is from probably some of the more enthusiastic lawn people, they want a, a robot that mows a stripe, and, and we currently don't have that. But what, more than that, they want one which is affordable. Do you think the prices of the robotics is going to go down anytime soon? Well, I'd, I'd like to think so. I mean, yeah, I talk to, to many of the, the, the bigger ones like Husqvarna and Honda, and um, they all say that obviously the more they sell, the cheaper they'll be. Um, there are some very affordable ones out there. And it, it's interesting that somebody somewhere did a, a bit of research on a football pitch uh, as to, I think it was on the uh, gadget show. 
Uh, they went to a football groundsman and asked him which one was best. And I kind of thought, well, I, I don't know quite what is best out of a robotic mower. I mean, affordability is probably the big one that, as you say, stops people from buying them at the present time. And it's the one thing that if they do want to make it affordable, it would obviously increase their sales. Now, one big issue that's risen recently is, um, I say recently, it's been around for a long time. I remember QPR's bouncy pitch in the 1970s is artificial turf, astroturf. And somebody's done a, a, a petition saying, make the installation of astroturf, which is quite a retro term, require planning permission. Yeah. And it's got signed by a lot of people, like tens of thousands. What do you reckon? Do you think there should be planning permission required for AstroTurf? You know, I, I started a petition sometime before that one. Um, and there was one or two others before that. And mine was about regulation and how that regulation would be interpreted. I don't know. But uh, there's one obviously banning it. There's one, uh, this latest one, talking about planning permission. I, I think personally that there's a point to it whether it's different than regulation i don't know uh, at the moment it's out of control um and uh i i hate the stuff you know there, there's a there's a lot of disbelief about um how bad this is for the environment to make the products um the disposal of it if people think it goes to landfill it cannot go to landfill it's illegal to go to landfill uh, and it's illegal to burn it you know, these these things get stockpiled. We never get shown those pictures, unfortunately. So, yeah, whether it needs planned permission, I don't know. But it certainly needs some form of strict regulation. But I don't think it helps when, I, I don't know. I, I haven't done it to, for the publicity, but what's the point in having four different ones? You know, we'd be better off just having one and, and everybody signing that. But, you know, whether people are looking to make a name for themselves, I don't know. But I, I'd just like it regulated very very soon We're, we've gone past the point of um, it being late too late it's it, that was many years ago sports turf that is another area where there's um, a lot of work being done and a very highly uh, looked after type of turf including elements of artificial turf in it so what's your view about where sports turfs are in comparison to turf that might be a you know a stately home or a country garden is sports turf teaching us anything at the moment it's teaching us how to be unsustainable um it, it's in in my opinion don't get me wrong i mean i i i remember as a young lad my brother was a professional footballer i remember standing on the pitch as a young lad uh, at molyneux wolverhampton wanderers and looking at four little corners of grass where the where the corners were taken and the rest of it was a beach it was disgusting um and when you look at the pitches nowadays we we tend to think because they look great at the end of the season we tend to think that you know these people must be superb at doing their job um and don't get me wrong i i think it's a very different skill set but the, the biggest issue with football is that that template is completely unsustainable in any environment whatsoever, unless it's a controlled environment like football. Um, you know, these, these have obviously huge training pitches. They use huge, huge amounts of sand in their constructions, their reconstructions every year. They use huge amounts of fossil fuel. They use huge, huge amounts of fertilizer to make them look green and stripy. 
um, and huge amounts of water at the same time and then huge amounts of plastic being inserted as well. Um, that's not sustainable, it's just sadly affordable because the Premier League have huge amounts of money, which in no, no question about it gets filtered down somewhere to lower leagues as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's just showing us how unsustainable that can be. And, and if I'm honest, and I will be honest, the only reason they do it is to remove a grass called annual meadow grass. That's what this design, this uh, wonderful renewal of football pitches is done for. It's not to do with anything else other than the TV cameras picking out power on a blotchy looking football pitch. And, and that goes back to, I, I don't remember which World Cup, but it was viewed on one of the pitches in the World Cup. And, and basically they sort of took this idea that because we can't remove annual metagrass, that you start with a new pitch every season. How could they be more sustainable in, you know, in the Premier League, for instance? Well, quite, I suppose, quite difficult, quite difficulty in this sort of modern era because, you know, it's not just a football pitch now, it's, it's a showcase. Um, you know, we, we had a few years ago where uh, the football groundsmen were being applauded because they put ridiculous patterns in for no reason, um, which didn't make any team play any better or worse, of course. Um, and eventually they, they thank goodness stopped that, but that turned into its own little show. Um, I think Leicester were one of the worst at it. Um, don't get me wrong, great mowing skills. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, when you actually looked at how much fossil fuel and how many man hours to, to cut that pitch like that, it, it had no resemblance on the, the football played by uh, the football team itself. So, you know, we, we, we've gone too far. We've gone too far. But, you know, it's a big money pit and lots of people are enjoying that money pit in football. And that goes down to the seed companies, the fertilizer companies, the water companies, you, you name it. They, they, they don't see a problem. And, and why would they? What about you yourself, David? What, what projects are you working on at the moment? You know, COVID had a, an enormous effect on, on my consultancy. I've had to do uh, lots of consultancy from home, which is uh, a little bit tricky um, without being able to see many of the states that, um, that I've gone to. But, but it's opened up quite a lot. Um, so I'm still doing lots of things like that. Um, but my main, my main thing now is the, the Lawn Association. Its ideology is, is really about sustainability in lawn care. Um, we, we've got ranges of uh, a new range of organic feed, um, which uh, is very, very exciting, something we're putting into the retail market. Um, and we're just looking to educate people in the most sustainable way to look after lawns. And that, that it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of planning. We've been looking at getting, um, I suppose, small machines that, that are going to be a bit unique to the industry as well. Um, but we're doing it from a, what I would call an expert's perspective. So if we're going to feed a lawn, I want the best sustainable feed. If we want uh, to apply it, I want to be able to use the best application tool that I know that homeowners can use easily as well. So it's, it's all about sustainability. It's all about education. But, but yes, that's taking an enormous amount of time up. But, but it's, it's good. It, you know, I, I train gardeners all over the country, um, even into Europe as well. So it's what I enjoy, uh, but it does take up an awful lot of time because I don't stop. Um, you know, I, I can be 
emailing somebody in Italy talking about, you know, their irrigation system at one o'clock in the morning. And, <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't say I get off on it, but I enjoy it because I'm trying to help people. Um, so, yes, there's, there's lots going on. Uh, we've got a new online learning course as well, which is derived from my book. Uh, so, again, that's something that COVID sort of uh, brought forward, I suppose. So uh, hopefully homeowners be able to learn lawn care from my book perspective, which, again, talks about sustainability and simplicity as well. What about the project you are working on? Hidcoat, what sort of issues do they have? Yeah, one of the ones um, that I'm working on currently is Hidcoat. I'm going to I'm going to go back to sports turf here. Um, they've got three particular lawns: uh, the old garden border, the red garden, and the stilts. Uh, three very very important small bits of lawn, which were reconstructed a number of years ago with the football pitch ideology. They put this product in called Fiber Sand which is sand with fibres in for binding roots together, apparently. And they put in football pitch grasses and basically spent ridiculous amounts of money for, for 300 square metres of lawn. And obviously these are important because they are traffic areas for uh, showcasing the beautiful borders uh, within those three areas. So I was called in purely because the, the, the hard-wearing grass, which is, is lovely sounding, had worn away um you know ryegrass that's used in football pitches and sports turf is hard wearing as it needs to be equally if you don't maintain grass very well it's not hard wearing at all it will die like any other plant so so what we found here was the wrong species of grass were trying to be grown in there um, they're two meter wide walkways with a uh, hundred and fifty thousand people being trafficked up and down it every year um, which they were having to shut off because of the wrong grass species. So we've sadly, we when we started, I think we went into lockdown, the first lockdown on the day we actually started uh, work on them. Um, so it's been a little bit of a battle, but we, we, we without reconstructing and getting rid of, um, you know, a sand root zone in there, which has got no goodness, obviously, whatsoever. We've sort of worked with what we've got. Um, the National Trust doesn't have a bottomless pit, sadly, like the football clubs. So we've got to work with what we've got. We're putting the correct species of grass in there, which are the ones that grow all over the National Trust and all over the UK. And they're ones that redevelop. You know, they're ones that regenerate when we prune them. Ryegrasses won't. Ryegrass has one seed, one plant, never turns into two. Hence why football pitches have to completely renew them all the time. Um, they never wear out, of course, and, and therefore they could actually be uh, prolonged, but they don't. So, yes, we, we've we've done that. And obviously our biggest job is to try and build up bacteria levels in that very inert football pitch root zone that we've got underneath those lawns. So uh, we've got lots and lots of um, biological products in there uh, working on increasing uh, bacteria levels to get roots working at the moment and plants surviving. And, and that's the key to that one. Is that typical of one of your projects or have you got um, others which are similar? Um, certainly, I mean, that's obviously on, on all the trust places that I visit um, and, and consult at. They they all have very similar issues. They all have these pinch points. Um, you know, those gardens, as you know, weren't designed for putting huge amounts of traffic. through. So they all have incredibly similar um, problems. Hidcoat's 
for example, is a very small garden in comparison to many of the others. I think uh, they've got something like 10,000 square meters of lawn in total, and that includes everything. Um, most, most have acres and acres and acres, which can allow traffic to, to move across as well. So they're quite unique, but everyone's got a ridiculous pinch point somewhere, certainly private estates whether they're open to the public or whatever they may be so like i say it's, it's more the the uh the principle of what we're trying to do in, in keeping grass cover which it, which is all very similar and what about for the future for you david what what do you want to do what are your ambitions I, <laughs> you're the first person that's ever asked me that i didn't really i mean it's strange because i'm i'm one of these that gets bored very easy and I flip from one thing to another very very quickly as well um you know I I do see this association as quite a big uh, quite a big thing I I'd like to still continue educating to a point in terms of um ambition I I don't I wouldn't say I have ambition to team I certainly don't have an ambition to be a tv presenter or or, or or anything like that um i'm very much somebody who likes to sit in the background and if i can continue to educate i will and, and that's probably the biggest ambition i have is to continue educating homeowners as homeowners especially because i think they're let down more than anybody else we've got lots of advice in specialized areas but it's the unspecialized it's the the poor homeowner who and i i, I this is how nerdy i am i mean i've sat in garden centers and watch people staring at the boxes of uh, extreme green or you know lawn thickener or whatever the whatever the marketing people are spinning these days and and the bamboozled of you know people's faces are just a perplexed <laughs> mess unfortunately and that that makes me think well what are they taught they they're not taught anything what they're taught is to make something look pretty on the surface and and when it doesn't work put another one down and when it doesn't work put another one down and and that frustrates me that we've got millions of uh, homeowners who probably have given up with their lawns to a point because they've been advised badly because they're they're not given the best products to use and they're certainly not given the best um, advice to to use them either so that that's that's a big project to me and it will keep me busy for a number of years I'm, I'm 56 in a couple of weeks so I'm you know I don't say I'll have early retirement I probably never will but um but that'll keep me busy for the next few years I'm sure brilliant fantastic well thank you so much for that David there's plenty of opinion and insight there on on lawn care so thanks very much to David Hedges Gower I'm Matthew Appleby and thanks for listening to the Horticulture Week podcast Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe to or follow Hort Week podcasts via Apple iTunes, Spotify or Google Podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and goodbye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.